Hi, this is Jim Martin, and this is my encouragement note, number 71. The list of five. Number one, pay attention to what matters. Well, the little girl above in the uh, text portion of this encouragement note is my granddaughter, Elsie. I have no trouble paying attention to her. Like my three grandsons, she is very important to me. And when she wants my attention, I notice. Occasionally, I read Rob Walker's The Art of Noticing. Every time I read this newsletter, I'm reminded again of the importance of noticing something or someone. I was in the seventh grade, and Mrs. Cummings was attempting to teach. At the same time, some of us were talking and distracting others, and we were making it very difficult for her to teach. Finally, in sheer exasperation, she slammed her book on her desk and yelled, Pay attention. Decades later, I still need to be reminded to pay attention to what matters most. For many years, I preached each Sunday, serving various congregations as their preacher. Unfortunately, sometimes I paid far too much attention to the negative words of a few critics. Of course, I'm not above the criticism of others. However, there are occasionally a few people in churches who seem to function as the regular critics. Regular critics can sometimes express their criticism in ways that feel very personal and discouraging. Eventually, I became aware that I was spending way too much time and energy trying to please such critics. At the same time, I was often not giving enough attention to those who had much to offer. Consider the value of paying attention to the following people. First, pay attention to the wise. You and I have much to gain from them. Second, pay attention to those whom you might serve. This is such an opportunity to learn and to grow as you give yourself in service to another. Next, pay attention to those whom God has placed in your life to build you up. Listen especially to your mentors, coaches, and encouragers. And then pay attention to the people who are life-giving. <clears throat> Often, these people can bring refreshment and life when you are in their presence. And then pay attention to those whom, who might see the subject at hand in a different way. They are not necessarily your critics simply because they have a different point of view. In fact, they may help to sharpen your thinking. Most importantly, pay attention to what God is doing in your life. I love the following words of Elizabeth Elliot. If you dwell on your own feelings about things rather than dwell on the faithfulness, the love, and the mercy of God, then you're likely to have a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. <clears throat> Our feelings are very fleeting and ephemeral, aren't they? We can't dwell on them for five minutes at a time. But dwelling on the love, faithfulness, and mercy of God is always safe. Next, get prepared for what is next. A few years ago, my friend Del Robinson reminded me of a wonderful quote by Lynn Anderson, longtime minister and mentor. The depth of your preparation will have a direct impact on the longevity and impact of your ministry. I love this quote. 
Preparation really does matter. Preparation matters for anyone contemplating marriage or attempting to rear a child. Whether you are thinking about your personal finances, your work, or the upcoming year, preparation matters. And it certainly matters as you consider your ministry. It matters whether you are preaching, teaching a class, or about to have a difficult conversation with an individual. Yet sometimes we get stuck passively waiting for things to get better. If only. Life is really going to be good when blank happens. If I could just get a break, life would be so good. And you may know people who passively wait each year for something good to happen or for their problems to go away. Yet what if you and I prayed and trusted God while we prepared for the future? The depth of our preparation really does matter as we consider the intentional impact of our lives. Here's some questions that might be helpful. What kind of person would you like to become in the next 24 months? What might you do to prepare yourself? What kind of husband or wife would you like to become in the next 24 months? What is one step that could help move you in that direction? What is the kind of, what kind of father or mother or even grandparent would you like to become in the next 24 months? What is one small change you could make this week that would move you a bit closer to becoming that kind of person? And then third, do people energize you or exhaust you? I was visiting with a fellow minister one day. That particular day, we both had been with a number of people at a large gathering. I told him, all of these people and all of these conversations, I am exhausted. And my friend then said, all of these people and all of these conversations, I am energized. We both had experienced a similar day. However, what left me exhausted left him energized. In a conversation with Susan Cain, Simon Sinek gives a simple but helpful analogy in describing the extrovert and the introvert. Sinek uses the analogy of coins. The extrovert wakes up in the morning with no coins. At every interaction with another person, the extrovert gains a coin. At the end of the day, this person feels rich. In contrast, the introvert wakes up every morning with five coins, and with every interaction, this person spins a coin. And at the end of the day, this person feels exhausted. Can you relate to this? Sinek says this is important because it relates to one's energy. For example, as an introvert himself, he can do public speaking because while he is on stage, he connects with one person at a time. Yet when he walks off the stage, he is, quote, absolutely shattered as if he had gone for an hour-long run. I relate to this. While I love being with people, as an introvert, these interactions impact my energy level. In the mornings, after spending time in prayer, reading scripture, praying, etc., my energy level is high. Or to use the analogy, I have five coins early in the morning. 
However, a conversation, especially an intense conversation, takes a coin. A difficult meeting usually takes another coin. And by the end of the day, I'm spent. This may be helpful as you think about how to manage your own energy each day. As someone who tends to be more of an extrovert, you probably need to be intentional about scheduling enough time with people. In some ways, being with people may be like fuel for you. You become energized by various conversations, meetings, and encounters with others. However, as someone who tends to be more of an introvert, you might be intentional about not scheduling too many intense conversations and meetings during the day. If I foresee these to be intense, I typically avoid scheduling them back to back. Of course, these are generalizations and they may not hold true for every person. Yet I've learned to be intentional about scheduling my time due to the impact on my energy level. Perhaps this will be helpful to you. And finally, when you are weary, and this is especially for ministers and other church leaders, Gordon McDonald tells of a time when as a child he was traveling with his family on a dusty, deserted road in Canada. It was late and his family had been traveling the entire day. They were lost, tired, and becoming irritable with one another. And they could not find a motel. And the few cabins they did see had no vacancy signs in the window. The trip had begun with excitement, but all of that had worn away as they pushed ahead, thinking that down the road somewhere there had to be a place to sleep. MacDonald continues by saying, quote, I have often recalled the feelings and frustration of that late-night, dark-road experience whenever my life seemed to momentarily turn into a mindless or spiritless journey crammed with events, not experiences, and contacts, not relationships. In such confounding periods, my sense is that one feels like my family did that night in Canada. Where is all this going? What does it mean? And how will I know when the destination has been reached? Where will I find tranquility again? This is from his book, Restoring Your Spiritual Passion. Can you relate to this? There are times when life has left me feeling tired and weary. And these feelings are not the result of one incident or disappointment, but rather weariness tends to be the result of numerous difficult situations stacked on top of one another. The compilation of these situations over time can be draining and exhausting. Now, what I would invite you to do is to look at this point at uh, the encouragement note. And I, I've listed uh, several things that you might consider doing, which could, could be helpful in just processing weariness. I hope this particular encouragement note has been helpful to you. I always enjoy hearing from you and uh, enjoy hearing and reading your comments. I know that uh, you probably have at least one challenge this week, and I pray that God will be with you 
and give you the strength you need to move ahead. Thank you for listening to this encouragement note.